All right, th uh, thank you. Uh, I would like to speak to you about how Vatican II developed ma magisterial language concerning redemption. Uh, you should all have a, um, ha have a handout. So about how Vatican II developed magisterial language concerning redemption and what this means for Catholic teaching on suffering. Uh, specifically, uh, I'm interested in how the Council, in using the term Paschal Mystery to de describe redemption, restored an understanding of the soteriological value of the resurrection. And I'm interested in what this means for pastoral theology concerning redemptive suffering. Uh, St. Paul, uh, church fathers from both East and West, and St. Thomas Aquinas all give prominence to Jesus' resurrection as a cause of the faithful's justification. Yet this teaching became obscured during the Manualist era. In its place, the Magisterium promoted a passiocentric understanding of redemption. This is point one on the handout. Uh, this was focused upon Jesus' passion and death to the exclusion of the resurrection. As a result, church teaching on redemptive suffering portrayed sufferers as victim souls who continually lived Jesus' passion and death. Popes did often quote Colossians 1.24, which speaks of rejoicing in suffering. However, in omitting consideration that union with the suffering Christ means, in the here and now, union with the risen Christ, uh, they made it difficult for the faithful to see where suffering could have any connection with joy. Uh, point two on the handout, the first hints of a change of a magisterium's language on suffering came under Pius XII, particularly with his 1956 encyclical on devotion to the Sacred Heart, Harrietus Aquas. Pius XII's predecessor, Pius XI, also wrote on the Sacred Heart. We can see where the language on suffering shifted if we compare the two. Pius XI focused his encyclical on reparatio, the duty of the faithful to make reparation to Jesus' sacred heart. In other words, Pius XI was interested in suffering as penance. In contrast, Pius XII, although upholding the importance of penance, focused his encyclical on redamatio, the duty of the faithful to make a return of love to the sacred heart. In the scholastic theology that Pius XII knew, penance is associated with the first stage of justification, removal of sin, which has for its cause Jesus' passion and death. Return of love is associated with the second stage of justification, God's infusion of sanctifying grace into the soul, which has for its cause Jesus' resurrection. The scriptural sources for this teaching are Romans 4.25, which speaks of Jesus who was handed over for our transgressions and was raised for our justification, and Romans 6.4, which says we were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. So it is with Pius XII that we begin to see the magisterium shift the tone of Catholic discourse to consider how suffering facilitates union with Christ for its own sake 
and not merely for the sake of expiating sin or filling up the church's treasury of grace. Moreover, Pius XII in Harrietus Aquas is making this shift within the context of discussing the Christian's union with Christ in his mysteries. Time does not permit me to discuss the importance of Pius XII's appropriation of and purification of mystery theology, but that too comprises a shift in magisterial language that the council would further develop. Now here we are in point three. The Second Vatican Council reframes Pius's account of union with Christ in his mysteries by employing the term paschal mystery, which the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy, Sacrosanctum Concilium, defines as Christ's passion, resurrection, and ascension. When the term paschal mystery was first proposed, this ancient understanding struck some of the council fathers as a novelty. They actually protested because they associated redemption exclusively with Christ's passion. Joseph Jungman, Jungman um, S.J. talks about this. Um, Sacrosanctum, Sacrosanctum Concilium teaches that the Sunday Mass recalls the Paschal mystery in its entirety, the passion, the resurrection, and the glorification of the Lord Jesus. What this tells us is that the Council does not consider the resurrection in isolation from the other mysteries, as though its memory were intended to erase that of, of the passion. Um, ra rather, and here we get on to point four of the handout, the Council is intent <clears throat> to present the mysteries of Christ as a unified whole. In this way, the Council essentially proposes that the faithful at Mass encounter these mysteries, not only in facto esse, that is, in their effects, but also, in a qualified sense, in fieri, that is, in their very act. And the Council makes this explicit in Article 102 of Sacrosanctum Concilium, recalling thus the mysteries of redemption, the Church opens to the faithful the riches of her Lord's powers and merits, so that these are in some way made present for all time, and the faithful are enabled to lay hold upon them and become filled with saving grace. Closely bound up with the Council's understanding of mystery is its understanding of memory. Uh, for it is through the liturgical anamnesis that the mysteries are re-presented to the faithful. Here we're touching on an area of conciliar teaching that intersects with the Ignatian uh, tr tradition and, and, and which, as, 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 um, as I'm sure um, uh, uh, Dr. Matthew a Ashley uh, could, could uh, explain, uh, it's of great importance for Pope Francis's uh, spirituality. Union with Christ in his mysteries means union with Christ in his memories. Uh, it could be said uh, that in a certain sense, according to the Council, memory mediates the faithful's encounter with Christ in his mysteries, for it is through devoutly recalling Jesus' saving work of the past that the faithful are able to celebrate it in the present. Uh, in any case, Sacrosanctum Concilium states that the faithful's entire lives are to be permeated with this liturgical memory. Why do we ask the Lord in the sacrifice of the Mass that receiving the offering of the spiritual victim, he may fashion for us 
that he may fashion us for himself as an eternal gift. According to Sacrosanctum Concilium, it's to fulfill St. Paul's dictum that we must always bear about in our body the dying of Jesus so that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our bodily frame. The liturgical action brings the faithful to interiorize the <coughs> Paschal mystery and so to carry their remembrance of Jesus, whom they not only recall but really receive in the Eucharist forward into their every action or suffering. This understanding of the Paschal mystery and the faithful's participation in it that the Council puts forth in Sacrosanctum Concilium sets the stage for the Council's use of the same term Paschal mystery in Gaudium et Spes. There the Council locates the redemptive meaning of suffering within the mutual gift of self that takes place between the suffering Christian and the risen Christ. We read in Article 22, pressing, this is Gaudium et Spes, pressing upon the Christian to be sure are the need and the duty to do battle against evil through manifold tribulations and even to suffer death. But linked with the Paschal mystery and patterned on the dying Christ, he will hasten forward to resurrection in the strength which comes from hope. In other words, the suffering Christian in her union with Christ, living the Paschal mystery through her baptism and through the life of the church, contains within her a spiritual dynamism. This dynamism gives her, the forti gives her fortitude because she knows she is made for heaven. Um, fi uh, finally, uh, I, I put forth uh, three Kairos mo moments for redemptive suffering according to the Council because I believe that the Council is providing us with a liturgical lens for understanding its uh, teachings um, on the universal call to holiness. Um, so um, so the, with these Kairos moments, the Christian uh, who um, embarks upon the process mapped out by the Council uh, becomes uh, empowered to live out her call to holiness through the redemptive dimension of suffering. Uh, and th this is 6A on your handout. Um, first, the Christian participate in this first Kairos moment, the Christian participating in the liturgical life of the church lays hold upon the mysteries of redemption and thereby becomes filled with saving grace. Second, this saving grace received through the encounter with Christ in the liturgy enables the Christian to interiorize the Paschal mystery and carry forth its remembrance into his or her every action or suffering Third, as the Christian becomes conformed to Christ through this gift of grace, she is interiorly impelled to make a return of divine love, pouring herself out to God and neighbor in cooperation with Christ's own gift of self. In other words, the Christian chooses to share in Christ's kenosis, making a gift of self that, as with Christ's own gift of self, is perfected by suffering. And uh, just to wrap up, this last point, I believe, is central to understanding what is, from a pastoral perspective, the most important development achieved by the Council with respect to the theology of suffering. The Council opens a path to understanding, understanding suffering not merely as a meaningful experience, but as a creative 
meaning-making experience. Suffering becomes a meaning of communicating divine love in an irreducibly personal manner. In this way, the very experience that philosophies of despair deride as dehumanizing becomes an expression of human identity on its highest level, identity in Christ. Thank you.